The following podcast is brought to you by the Ebb Tide Treatment Center. Many people wrestle with addiction. You don't have to. Reach out to the Ebb Tide Treatment Center, where they wish to empower each individual encountered with the support, hope, and tools required for long-term sobriety. Pride themselves on providing the best possible treatment experience for you and your loved ones based on unique needs. They're committed to breaking the stigma that plagues those suffering with addiction and their families by educating and bringing awareness to the community. The Ebb Tide Treatment Center provides individual and group therapy, multiple recovery pathways for support, evidence-based clinical support, integrated aftercare social reintegration, personalized treatment planning, program addressing whole life health and Vivitrol program all available. If you or someone you know is struggling with addiction, reach out to them at ebbtidetc.com or call 844-430-4357. Hello once again, everybody, and welcome to another fun edition of AIW's The Card is Going to Change. Before we get to our show for you this week, a word for all of our sponsors that help us bring this show to you for absolutely free week in and week out. First, I want to thank Smartmark Video, who takes care of all of our video recording needs when they are at the show and live events, and they enable us to put those on sale for you by DVD or MP4. Check them out at smartmarkvideo.com. Also, we want to thank Angelo's Pizza. They deliver Angelo's Pizza right to us at our live events, and you yourself can go to Angelo's on Madison Avenue in Lakewood, Ohio. Try their award-winning pizza at any time, as well as other fine Italian dishes that they have there. Also, we want to thank Jack Prince, who takes care of all of our graphic design, signage, banners, flyers, and apparel needs. Anything you can think of, they can do for you as well. Make sure you check them out at jackprince.com. J-A-K-Prince.com. And we are, don't forget, we have a promo code for Jack Prince. We got another one. Absolute. CLE1, you could save up to $75 off your order. I know a bunch of you wrestlers on the road right now, you are heading to WrestleMania weekend just like we are, and you need merchandise printed. Jack Prince will print it for you for up to $75 off by using promo code ABSOLUTECLE1. All right, on this week's show, if you listen to last week, you know that we sat down with Gringo Loco, who returned to AIW after a heart attack. On this week's episode, we talk about the show where he did return. It was Walk the Plank. We talked to him before that, but this week we talk about the show itself. My name is Steve Guy, moderator of sorts, and I am joined each week by the owners of AIW, John Thorne and Chandler Biggins. You've already heard their voices. Hear them again. Come on, Big, and say something. Sup. <laughs> you got real, like, morning radio... Uh, yeah. Radio DJ voicey there. I did. Yeah, yeah I noticed yeah. that. You, you had, like, the, mor- the morning zoo voice going. Hit, hey, welcome to the show. Before we talk about Walk the Plank, uh, I, I know we, we kind of didn't acknowledge it last week, but 
Man, were people pissed off about that bad emails episode. We got a lot of heat for that, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think especially, I, especially me and Steve Guy. Somehow John Thorne escaped John Thorne, unscathed. John Thorne totally squeaky clean. Well, I, I wasn't so squeaky clean. I was the one that was approached about the potential pending litigation coming our way based on that episode. But you were the one that was approached, but your name was never in it. It was always yeah. St- Steve Guy did this, Chandler Biggins did did this and you'll like, be hearing you'll be hearing from uh from my lawyer it's not even my podcast my lawyer is veda <laughs> scott so i think i'm fine well i don't know i, I don't think she's practicing yeah, does currently. she still practice i don't know i don't think <laughs> she's ever practiced <laughs> so yeah uh and also i want to apologize to beard life uh uh he was he, one of his fans was very offended <laughs> yeah uh we you know uh, we we wanted to see in you know, see if this blew over last week, uh, and uh, now you know we just I, I we just had to acknowledge there may not ever be a read bad emails uh, episode ever again. That is up in the air uh, until yeah well, until until further notice until we find out exactly how this is all going to shake out. As for long us. as the uh, statute of limitations runs out, I'm all for another bad emails yeah, episode. We, it was one of my favorite ones. We do appreciate all the positive feedback that we got. We got a lot of that too, though. Uh, we did get quite a bit of positive feedback. I would say way more positive than the few negatives. It, the the it, few neg, but none of the none of the positive was it, uh, involved a, a a pending civil litigation. If the positive feedback people would be willing to pay our legal fees, <laughs> we can do more of those. <laughs> Make sure you head over and donate to our Patreon account. We're gonna have a uh, do another bad emails uh, reward section. Yeah, you could tell everybody to contact our lawyer. Do we cheat them and how? Yeah, if you do want us to do what another, fuck? I don't know who that is. That's a Three Stooges joke. Oh, oh. <laughs> the, the only fucking Three Stooges fan living in this fucking millennium, Chandler Biggins. I love the Three Stooges. They are good. If you do want us to do another email, that's a good point. Uh, another email podcast, definitely go to our Patreon account and uh, donate us some money. Then we could do it. I also have a big announcement to make. Uh-oh. If you motherfuckers want to hear about this fucking werewolf, quit <laughs> tweeting me about it. If we get... How many what, how many reviews we got right now on iTunes? We got we got 60 reviews. If we get to 100 reviews, I'll reveal the fucking werewolf story so people leave me alone and let me have my privacy. Did you? Now, since, <laughs> no. <laughs> since we all live in this studio apartment here in Parma Heights, Ohio, fucking. Uh, do you, is your knife here? I never leave home without it. <laughs> You do realize, this is what I had to ask, you know that a knife doesn't kill a werewolf, it's a silver bullet. Yeah, you need a silver this bullet. This guy wasn't a real werewolf, uh, but see, I'm already telling you too much. <laughs> <laughs> you get us to 100 five-star reviews on iTunes, and I will reveal the deepest, darkest secret of my entire life. Let's talk about the goddamn walk the plank now. We should, goddamn. We I was going to say, should we give Missy Hyatt a shout out, because her dog is sick. Would Shout you, out to Missy Hyatt. She does love our show. We appreciate Missy's support all the time. I offered to buy her dinner at the uh, Kissimmee, Florida uh, Medieval Times, but she refused my offer. Uh, well, her, her dog's not doing so well, so it, she's buy buy some Missy Hyatt merch. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you're going to have money to take somebody out for dinner. We've got to fucking lawyer up pretty soon. <laughs> Veda Scott drives a hard bargain. Dude, I don't know if that. I don't know if I would be trusting her with my with my legal knowledge. She gets hit in the head a lot, man. <laughs> yeah, nine lives went a couple years ago. <laughs> well, let's. I guess let's get into the walk the plank show then. 
Uh, right off the bat, I think it's worth talking about. We'll, we'll go through the whole card, but the show was specifically named, as everybody knows who pays attention to AIW, and specifically this podcast, Walk the Plank, because certain someone thought Lewis Linden was a pirate. He is not, but Lewis Linden's opponent for the show was the pirate Paul Burchill making his grand return to wrestling. Like, like the whole thing kind of started as a joke uh, because of the whole Matt Riddle situation. So Paul Burchill makes his grand return to wrestling, happens to be at AIW. Tell everybody kind of how that came about. Well, I, I guess we got to go back to kind of the, the beginning of the whole thing is well before this, this pirate thing happened with Matt Riddle, um, Cole Cabana randomly sent us a message. was like, hey, you guys should book Paul Burchill. And I was like, that's a weird message to, to get. He's like, he lives in Ohio. He's like, you should book him sometime. He wants to get back out there. And like, you know, he gave me his contact and everything. And this was a while ago, right? Yeah, this is probably two months before this whole, you know, this whole pirate, Lewis Linden's a pirate thing. So it was just kind of like one of those things that was in the back of my head. And like, as soon as, as soon as that happened, um, I got a hold of Paul Burchill and, you know, we worked out details and things like that. And I, you know, we booked them and, uh, then we decided to call the show walk the plank. Cause I, I forget we were going to call the show something else. And then uh, like all this happened and we were, we just made the kind of the, the switch on the fly. Like it was just going to be a normal show. And then we're like, Nope, that's out Uh pirate theme. What kind of pirate wrestler can we get? We need to get some, like we're thinking about like, uh, fucking PCO and, uh, who's another wrestling pirate? Uh, the cutthroat crew locally. Yeah. And, uh, we're just trying to think of like a different things, just to kind of just like turn the, turn the negative kind of publicity that was brought our way into a positive. Uh, so th- I go, Oh fuck. I know I have Paul Birchall's contact information from two months ago from Cole Cabana. So I hit him up and you know, I, we work out the details and I, I book them and all that stuff. And then we, we name the show and the flyer goes up and Paul Birchall is pretty much off the grid of social media. So he has really no idea. Like he had a Twitter, but it, then it looks like he hasn't used it in like a year. So, uh, you know, we just put up a, a picture of the pirate Paul Birchall against Lewis Lynn and call the show walk the plank. And we hope for the best because I, I, for all I know, he didn't want to be the pirate. He hated the pirate gimmick, but you know, we were just gonna we were just gonna announce it and see what happens, pretty much. And I looked up on like Cage Match, like what he's worked, and I think he's only had like three matches in the last like three years, maybe, and they were all in Europe. Yeah, so uh, you know, I we announced the match, and like it gets great, great attention on Twitter. Uh, you know, like so, like so much, so much attention on our Facebook and stuff and Instagram. So we're like, okay, this dumb idea seems to have people's interest. And then, uh, you know, Paul was like one of those guys where he's emailing me like once a week, like, Hey man, is the booking still on? Are we still good? Uh, my family wants to come like stuff like that. And then I was just like, Oh yeah, man. Uh, things are going, people seem really pumped that you're wrestling again. And then I just sent him the graphic of the, of the match, which was him in the pirate get up. And I was just, <laughs> cause I didn't know how he felt about it. I was just like, ah, let's see what happens. And he goes, he responded, do you, do you want the pirate? 
and I didn't know. Like I, you can't, you can't really tell. You can't really right. tell the tone. That could be positive it. or negative. Yeah, and it was just one sentence, and I'm like, oh man, I think he's fucking pissed about doing this fucking pirate thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you brought up the one soft, like sore spot of his. Yeah, entire I'm career. like, oh man, this is probably like something he hated to do. And I go, yeah, man, if you if you feel comfortable doing the pirate, I think people really want to would really want to see the pirate again. And uh, he responds back like. Oh man, absolutely! I love doing the pirate. He, he goes, I can't believe anyone wants me to be the pirate again. And uh, he goes, which I, which I think his next next like thing was to drive to the dollar store and buy all the beads to throw the crowd. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about that, but he's like, I haven't been the pirate in ten years. He's like, this is, I'm so excited to be the pirate again. I've, I like, he's like, I like, I feel alive. Like I, <laughs> like, like we've resurrected his spirit for pro wrestling. Who knew? Who knew that to light the fire in him would just give him a pirate gimmick? So I was like, fuck, that went a lot better than than I thought, you know, because who for all like, honestly, I thought that he was going to be fucking pissed. And it was like some well, stupid gimmick, well, and especially gimmick. because like, um, you know, you've heard a lot of times like, oh, if you interview such and such wrestler, don't bring up this one gimmick like right. and how like uh, Demolition Smash was so offended when Thorn asked for the blacktop bully. I couldn't believe how offended he was like so that that's kind of giving me like a complex when asking guys to do like these weird like former gimmicks because i thought that barry darso would have just loved to have come in this is for, al- this is always gonna bother me by the way for a payday where he didn't have to paint his face or do anything he just hit you don't he, gotta wear a f- you're a 60 year, year old man you don't have to wear s&m gear you right, just wear yeah. a red shirt we literally would have just had to have gone to the thrift store and picked up a red a, a red like button-up shirt and cut the sleeves off day of for 67 cents and he, he would have got his full payday. That's all he had to do. But he was fucking absolutely not. So in my head, when I'm asking Paul Burchill to be the pirate, I'm thinking I'm going to get the Darsau treatment. Darsau. Yeah, it's not like Doug Gilbert where he just says, buy everything, brother, and I'll be there. Oh, my God. I don't think we ever talked about that, about about how we had to just purchase like oh, Freddy three, three, here, yeah. three XL Freddy Krueger. Kruger stuff, but there wasn't such a thing. So you found some shirt from like, yeah, uh, I had to import it from Europe. I thought it was like Singapore or something. No, no, no. I uh, I ordered the the mat or the mask, the hat, uh, the fingers, and the shirt. And then I had to find a three X flannel shirt that looked like Freddy. And then I got so pissed, I texted Thorn this past Halloween. Every ad on Facebook was the Freddy Krueger sweater. But for the life of me, I could not find a 3X sweater when I looked before. But then for this year at Halloween, they had a million of them. But yeah, Doug Gobert shows up. And then the best was Doug Gobert was so mad that we didn't get him metal fingers. I go, we're not going to spend $300 on metal fingers for uh, a joke match with uh, Dick Justice. Yeah, he probably wanted to make off make off of that. And yeah, like <laughs> fucking the midget with our fucking staple gun. Well, <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that next week. <laughs> That's a tease for next week. Well, they say everything happens for a reason, and I guess if that entire situation had to happen for the benefit of Paul Burchill to have the what? fire lit... You know what I mean? A good it's, thing it's happened weird. here, it's, it's, right? It's it makes like, it feel good. It was like final destination for to get Paul Burchill's career back on yeah. track, I think. Yeah, like the pieces were just like moving in the right directions too. And uh, like I didn't talk to him too much, but Thorne did. And like he said his phone was blowing up after we put up the thing. Yeah, he so. said like he's like had some contact from like some, I guess, more major promotions um, just, just after the graphic went up and people reaching out and seeing you know 
what you know what his status was and things like that and he said so he was like very thankful and i i got a chance to talk to him for quite a bit i mean it was it was pretty funny because we were recording we actually were recording the gringo loco episode when paul birchell arrived and like i thought it was like a teacher showing up or a dad looking for the kid like he was he was so dadded out like in his like real life wardrobe he had like he had on like the little like 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 the fleece with like the like the zipper like and like the the zipper zipper. yeah yeah, yeah. he he had the dad jeans going and the short like buzz cut yeah because fans actually asked me if it's the real part virtual because you know people are used to the long hair hair yeah we should have bought him like an extension. So a wig. I will say he was very he was very excited because I talked to him before and too, of course, trying to get his all his information, whatever he wanted. And uh, some fans were disappointed because they wanted him to come up and get a picture, but he wanted to make sure that you know the pop happened when he came out as the pirate for that. Yeah, for a lot that of people. Edge. A lot of people were disappointed in the fact that like he didn't run his merchandise stand. But I think it was like you know like you were saying the pop when he came out, and also I think like nerves because he really hasn't done anything yeah. that major in a while. Yeah, like I think there was a lot of nerves because I was like, do you want to do photo ops and things like that? And he was just like, oh, yeah, I want to get my match together. I want to, I want to, you know, figure all this out. Yeah, because I had people ask him, and he's like, oh, I'll, I'll do it later. And yeah. then I think. He meant to do it later, and I think he was so amped up because, well, like, him and Lin- was pumping. Like, then. I'm telling you, man, Paul Birchall was a working motherfucker that night. He know? was, like, yeah. Like that dude worked hard. They went for probably 20 minutes, and he looks like a million bucks. Looks like he just came right off a of TV. Yeah, they had, they had a fun match, and there were some spots in there that that they pulled off, and I was like, oh man, Paul Birchall. It was, and like the the weird thing that I realize is, you know, I'm. I'm but like you know uh, there's the gorilla position there's the traxler position and then there's the thorn position which is at the AW bar stand uh drinking watching this <laughs> watching the show that's the thorn position at the AW shows I, I referred to it as the Sanka section but Sanka section whatever Biggins has Biggins has his Biggins booth at the front door and I got the I got I got the thorn position at the bar and uh and if you ever want booked for AIW and we don't know who you are, don't go to either of those positions. Yeah, stay away <laughs> from those positions. Uh, but like, it was kind of it was kind of surreal because like I'm there and then I look around me and like the lo- the bar area and like that whole section is just sold out with workers because they all wanted to watch Paul Birchall wrestle, which was like. And I look and like there's Colin Delaney who is in the WWE and Hornswoggle and like they're all po- like they're like literally popping for him wrestling again and like just talking about oh man he's so good and like how excited they were to see him get back in the ring and, and i think a big thing about like you know when the flyer went off uh, flyer went up he got all the calls i think it wrestling is a very like what have you done for me lately kind of business so if you fall out of the like spotlight i think people forget about you and i think us bringing him back kind of like went oh my god that's the guy like it's you know that's the guy from tv or whatever i love him yeah i'm so i mean aiw really just taking dreams and making them come true without all even over knowing again because paul Burchill rolling back and then of course again on this card was mike tolar who has made his resurgence you know, from going from one and, to the other, just bringing them all back. I mean, it makes you feel good. I tell, I tell you what, like it makes it makes you like makes you feel a little positive inside when you when you hear. You know, I like I said, I had a lot of I had a lot of time to talk to Paul Birch. We you know we talked for probably forty five straight minutes, and like I just couldn't believe how appreciative this guy was and how excited he was to get back and and wrestle again because he said he hadn't been doing so much and like 
he even like had his whole family brought in to come to the show because he said like uh two of his kids have never seen him wrestle live before and uh that's crazy to think yeah I think his like in-laws were there, and yeah, like, they, he had about six people. I, I was gonna say, yeah, I thought he had like half a dozen people come with him, and he had the beads. Everybody loved the beads. He wanted to make sure kids got the beads, and and took threw them out, took care of everybody. And, and like you know, it's so funny because this whole thing started as kind of like a rib on a shitty situation, and for it to have like such a positive like kind of finale. It was like holy crap! Like this is pretty. This like this really changed the course of what where where it started. It it meant a lot to him in general, and he was like really pumped. I know getting his info down, and we're doing like the ring announcement stuff, and he's like, "Oh, could you say that uh, as of 2013, I'm now a U.S. citizen?" And I was like, "Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> I can say that, Paul." So like, so the whole thing was just like his coming out part. He's like, "Nobody knows I'm from the U.S. now, and they all think I'm from England." <laughs> and like. Okay. Not only is he from the U.S., he lives in Ohio. He lives in Ohio, yeah. Could get more U.S. than Ohio. That's right, buddy. But uh, like our old commentator, Colette Aaron, uh, uh, she was saying that like a big thing was this is the magic of AIW where we take a negative and turn it into a like a really positive situation. Yeah. And I know people love the fucking tr- train wreck stories that happen to us. And like I understand, like I get that that's endearing, but this show was really not that much of a train wreck. I mean, other than Matt Cross breaking his leg, and yeah, not knowing about it. So I mean, let's get into that because there are surprises, and of course, the show being the card is going to change. We're lucky, and you guys were fortunate, and then there really wasn't that many. There weren't that many changes you had to do, with the exception of Matt Cross, who was supposed to take on Joey Janela. Which everybody was amped about. Yeah, and especially I think the number one fan of that match was Joey because yeah. of what an independent wrestling fan he is and what, you know, yeah. M Dog, Matt Cross is meant to the East Coast, to the Midwest. And and Matt finds out he breaks his leg, what, was it a week, two weeks before? Like a month. Was it well, a month? He's been walking around on it for what, like two months? Well, he had broken it, yeah, sometime yeah, ago. Like he, uh, he sends me like this, like uh, he sends me a Facebook instant message and it was just like, hey man, I hate to do this. But uh, my leg is broken, and he just sent me a photo of the x-ray, and I was like... It's like a zigzag. I was like, holy shit. Uh, Like, okay. You know, like, I'm thinking, like, this is going to be, like, a long-term injury. And he goes, but I went to the doctor, and they said I shouldn't have been able to walk, so I've already been healing for a month. So, like, (laughs) I don't know what what my status is, but he's like, I definitely can't do the show show in uh, two weeks. Only only Matt Cross would be walking around and healing at the same time. Yeah, he goes, I miss one show. Otherwise, I've been just taping it up, and it hurts. But it's not black and blue, so I didn't really worry about it. The guy's it. got muscles everywhere. He's got like muscles in his bones, probably, that are just holding it together. Probably drinking some muscle milk. It, probably. Probably. Uh, so Matt Cross can't make it. Are so, you panicking then? Uh, I mean, we don't really... like. We don't even panic the day before, so two That's weeks true. out, we we're like, yeah. "Fuck, you know, we got plenty of time." Because like we've pulled off some really crazy shit with like hours' notice. So like, sure, Shane Douglas. I mean, there's a there's a zillion times where we were down to the wire and something comes together. So two weeks out, like it wasn't like, "Oh shit!" Like, what do we do? It's like plus oh, we figured if we had a book, Shane, he would have two weeks to send his three hundred emails. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so we were just like. It's not like, what should we do? It's like, okay, who do we think would be a cool reaction? Uh, and then, you know, we're just like, oh, you know, let's get Candace. Let's let, let's have Candace. You know, we, we hit her up and she was available. And 
it just just so happened to work out and uh and it's one of those things where we've been trying to work her back in uh, a lot lately. Since, right, since we she haven't moved. seen her since September, since, since Johnny's last bang, show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, since you know they they moved to Florida. And like we've checked with her a lot of dates, but she's either you know on the road because she does a lot of stuff like internationally and just booked up. And it's just one of those things where it both worked out for both of us. So it was awesome to have her back. She's one of the best. And there was a lot of speculation of who was going to fill that role. Uh, what did anybody actually get it right? Yes, I, I saw one person say Candace. One person did say Candace. Yeah, I, but like we were thinking, like that would probably be the last person on anybody's mind for yeah. that, and it would also get a gigantic reaction to our to our live audience, which it did. Which I want to just say something about the, some of the speculation. What the mystery would be? Uh-huh. Uh, some of the people that were actually picked were people that were probably way higher than the budget of the entire show. <laughs> people think we're just going to like have the great mood to come out. Yeah, come on, guys. You guys are insane. Like, Let's be realistic. Yeah. Like, I live in a one-bedroom apartment. And With me and Steve Guy. That's right. Three's company. <laughs> we, we, we can't afford uh, the great Muda. To, to fly over, or like any of these crazy... As a mystery, no less. Oh, hey, <laughs> George Nella, you're working Jushin Liger. Yeah, I don't even know if we would draw enough tickets if we advertise these people months in advance. I want to give a shout-out to the guy that said Jeff Hardy. Like, we're just going to drop uh, more than this apartment probably is worth on a mystery guy for Joey Janela. Yeah, I, I mean, wrestling fans are crazy. Now, was there... Candace was really the, the initial person you reached out to, but was there a short list if she couldn't make it of people that you, you guys had? That far. It, when Didn't she even said, have to yeah, that was it. it. Yeah, that was kind of like the general consensus is like we met at training and we were talking and Biggins is just like, Candace, Candace. I'm like, we, you know, we have like it, in our many multiple chat groups that we have, we also have one with Candace that is very, very, very rarely used. It was just used for like training stuff and he just like pulled up his phone, found that group and then that was it. You know, the rest was the yeah, rest and, was history. And there's been AIW shows where she says, like, hey, guys, I'm open on such and such, and it just doesn't work out with flights and everything. But right. this time, it worked out fine, so. Yeah, like, she was, you know, she was at Jelly the Month Club just hanging out, but she didn't, you know, she was just home for the holidays and didn't want to wrestle that, you know, she was, like, I guess, kind of nursing some injuries and stuff like that. So she was just, like, she was around for that, and that I think that's kind of what had her fresh in her mind too was we we had just seen her at the last show well so let's go from that match and, oh, and whoever ahead. she was with is just signed posters available on shop.airwrestling.com currently available whoever she was with whoever she was with she her was driver for she was day. accompanied by somebody that evening yes yeah her her <laughs> gentleman caller well that he he was uh in the background there at aiw not a lot of people got to see him but now you can get merch I never seen somebody run and hide so fast than when that when the last when the last bell rang, it, it, he ran right down the stairs. <laughs> he can't be seen taking pictures with people. That's true, but you have posters, so check them out. What is the shop? Shop.aiwrestling.com. We have a poster blowout, all autographed posters, even walk the plank posters. There you sale. go. All right. Uh, you know, we'll go through the card here with with everybody else that was on it. It was stag- so many good matches, such great positive feedback. I think from the show in general. Again, yeah, you know, negative, like going up positive. Uh, it was kind of like a real angle heavy show, but you need those sometimes to kind of yeah, you know, break up the 
you know, just kind of flatline of just, you know, you can have a whole show of good matches and nobody's going to remember a fucking one of them. So, like, we, we try to do a lot of angles and kind of create some interest and come up with, like, come up with kind of a, you know, start the blueprint of the march forward to, like, absolution and stuff like that. We started somewhat laying the groundwork on some stuff. Because I think it set up, like, three or four different Gauntlet for the Gold matches just in one night. You don't see a lot of independents do that where we're building, like, the cards. And like I said, we're going to get shitty DVD reviews of it, but the live crowd was was very, very into everything that's happening. And we, that, would, we would get shitty DVD reviews if we booked Jushin Liger and the Great Muda for the Joe and Chinella spot. So yeah, I think em. it's going to depend because a lot of the matches, even though they were angle-heavy, turned out to be just great standalone or very fun yeah, standalone I mean, everything, matches to watch. I, everything, so. like, I, everything I feel over-delivered, I mean... Uh, especially PB Smooth versus Kaplan, uh, very sure. much exceeded expectations. Kaplan tried to do, get a little crazy with like a double jump, uh, acai moonsault. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> did, did not yes. work well. That, that, that didn't go too well, but I mean, uh, other than that, you know, uh, that's to be expected in a Kaplan match because he loves to uh, to overdo it and, and try something. And that- I really don't think he knows his strength or his size where he like thinks he's a luchador. Yeah, so I mean, other than that, you know, uh, in which, you know, that might be a selling point for that match because it was a sight to see for him to do try this double jump acai moonsault. And they were really hitting each other. After the match, they both look a little rough for wear. They did. Even Kaplan, on a night that got had a lot of, like, fun little pops in there, even Kaplan got a fun pop because he is now unemployed and decided to show that off to the live crowd. And S- uh, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. He's picked himself up new employment. Oh. He'll, he'll, be tra- he'll, be traveling, he'll be traveling the country as a asphalt uh, specialist. Laying wow. asphalt a specialist. Around. So he, he might be backing away from the wrestling business. Just a little bit. Oh, man. Just a little bit. But there will always be a spot in our hearts for old Captain. He says, he says he's got to go make his, make his money travel on the road, building the roads. Well, one of the matches that really wasn't angle-heavy, though, was the opener, which was a four-way uh, Sean Schultz ended up getting uh, the win in Facade. Flip Kendrick and Lucky 13 were all there. And being in the ring as Lucky 13 came out, I can answer the question because he told the audience as he was out there and somebody shouted, is Lucky 13 drunk again? As we know from... I could, I could tell you that. I could, I could assure you that he wasn't. And I'm sure he that was you not. can confirm that. That is correct. He, was, he wasn't because his fiance <laughs> listens to the podcast and <laughs> escorted him to AIW this, this time around. And demanded there. that if she had to come to Cleveland, Ohio, he had to take her on a four-day vacation. Oh. So he was like going to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He turned it, he turned it into a Valentine's Day vacation. <laughs> there you uh, go. He went. He, he went and hit all the sites of Cleveland, and just like Lucky Thirteen does, he bought all sorts of pointless sports memorabilia and merch that he doesn't even like. Well, yeah, he really took this as like a vacation. He went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He bought all that sports stuff, like Thorne was saying, and then wore them all to Pittsburgh, where he went to Permani Brothers. Yeah, so he was definitely sober, though. He was under. He was under uh, a tight, tight watch after uh, after last time. Uh, he ca- he came to Cleveland, uh, so he was on he was on his best behavior uh, this time around. Um, well, rest- and, it, and it should be noted that probably part of the reason why that happened is there was no Uncle Guido this time around yeah, either. No, yeah, no, no Guido, no no Guido this time around. Guido, the my favorite DMer. Yeah, follow him on Twitter. What's the, what's he just DMs me excited for the Jaylet. There's a little I like, spoiler. I like I like when he thinks he's DMing, but it's just a tweet where he goes. Yeah. <laughs> Just, Looking forward to seeing you, big man. Or he thinks, or, or he, he just has a, he, he just has one tweet that just says, "It's always a party." 
That's what his DMs are too. Well, next time he's in town, we're gonna have to sit him down and teach him. I would how say Twitter probably. Works. I I would say that Guido really loves Cleveland on Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, I mean we've already. I've already announced that he's coming. He's coming back. I yeah. said that on my Twitter. Uh, how that, like I guess another sidetrack is how that started was. Uh, I was driving by Guido's uh, favorite favorite bar, the one bar that he always walks to or runs to. <laughs> I, I happened to be driving by it, and uh, I took a picture of it, and I texted it to him. And uh, Guido responded, oh, man, I'll be back there in May for sure. Hey, John, I'm on Twitter now. Follow me. <laughs> and I said, I said, what's your Twitter name? What's your Twitter handle? He goes, oh, man, I don't know. It's it's Nunzio Guido, but I don't know how to make that little dash thing on a phone. I said, okay, man, I'll find it. It's Nunzio underscore Guido. And Nunzio, if you don't know, is N-U-N-Z-I-O, people. Yeah, he didn't know how, he didn't know how to make an underscore on an iPhone, though. <laughs> get get Guido to uh, a million followers here. Help us out. Yeah, that's that's a goal. Get Guido to a million followers. But uh, yeah, L- Lucky Thirteen was on his best behavior, and I think uh, that was probably for the best because he was fucking awesome in in the match. Um, yeah, match was a lot of fun. Uh, Sean Schultz really kind of uh, I guess debuting so to speak the Southern style. And people people bought into that by the end of the match. That was a fun time. Yeah, I too. think Sean Schultz has finally you know found something that connected. Um, you know he's been coming in for the last couple of months, and I think this you know his kind of new approach with this Southern style uh, you know character that he's trying to do, and uh, I I think I think it seems to have really caught on. I know uh, you know a, a lot of people um, kind of contacted me about that and said they were really impressed with Sean Schultz for the first time. Yeah, he's a guy that like we've been getting a lot of compliments about and it really shows like how you build somebody up cuz we had the idea to like make this a guy uh, a while ago and it just takes time. It just takes time for the fans to like adapt to him and uh start to like him and I think the fans are really starting to like him and uh we knew from day 1 that this guy was going to be a player. Yeah, and you know, we and you know, facade facade definitely had a great performance. Oh yeah. And uh, you know, we had them all in there with the William Regal of AIW, Flip Kendrick. You of course. Know, we put him out there, and we t- we have him test out. You know, test out the, uh, the measuring stick. Yeah. D- test out the guys we're thinking about working with. So uh, Flip gave Flip gave a thumbs up to all involved. Uh, you know, he he gave us a nice typed report on Sean Schultz's new character. So uh, good for him. Well, as we've already talked about, a couple different surprises. Uh, throughout the night, uh, another one that happened. It was supposed to be Britt Baker and Swaggle one on one, and then Britt gets attacked by Doctor Dan and Brian Carson, two people she trained with at AIW, and then out comes Space Justice, who is not on the card. To, to the Stone Cold Steve Austin pop, no less. That's right. They got yeah. People love those fucking guy, a uh, cop and his ape. They love that. They love that intergalactic. You know, uh, I don't know what the fuck they are. <laughs> well, suddenly we had an intergender, interspecies match that uh, the audience really took to that too. I mean, again, they love space. Where else but AIW are you going to have a monkey, a cop, uh, a, a doctor, a midget, and a girl, and Brian Carson in one match? All in one match, <laughs> and a Brian Carson. <laughs> you got all those things and a Brian Carson all in one match. <laughs> Brian, Carson. Brian Carson, the cherry on top of that Sunday. <laughs> He's, he's excellence personified. Yeah, he's something. It was there. It was that. I mean, that was another one that was just a fun match in general. Uh, and then Swaggle continuing to be real, real creepy, real creepy, Going shirtless for a while. Yeah, real rude. Uh, trying to get all the spanks in he could. Yeah, very strange guy. 
yeah. as we'll get to probably later. My my favorite part of the Hornswoggle thing is he doesn't think he's creepy, but he's like licking her abs. Right. <laughs> he got real offended that somebody said he was creepy. <laughs> well, as you heard last week, we sat down with Gringo Loco. It was his big return uh, to AIW. So now we can get into that since the event happened. We've already talked to him from before walk the plank but the next match we can talk about is the triple threat tag match for the titles which did see the return of crazy pain for the first time since gringo loco did have the heart attack and they got to defend their titles successfully yeah first time in two months that he wrestled first match back and uh i was real excited for him he loved the crowd reaction and it was a very touching moment you know we talked about the paul birchall thing but it was also cool to see this guy get like a redemption story um and like you know he was very emotional in the back about it and you know it worked out for him and everything went smooth and uh very very positive a very heart well warming start to 2017 was walk the plank that's right yeah <laughs> yeah we're getting off on a great foot here for AIW I'm in sure 2017 i'm sure this fucking i'm sure the whole fucking year is going to take a real shitty turn in about two <laughs> yeah, it always does <laughs> Don't don't you worry, listeners. That that was another fun match. I will say, at one point, he comes to the outside of the ring, and I'm sitting there, and I I, I couldn't help. I had to I had to check on the kid. He rolls out there, and I'm like, "You okay? You good? Good? Yeah, I'm all right. Just real tired." Check on the kid. What is he like? Fifteen? Yeah, I don't know. I like to say kid. He's older than me, I think. Uh, but that again, that was a fun, and we we'll just touch on that since you already talked to you already heard from Gringo Loco last week. But uh, again, the redemption story there. Um, we talked Tolar. Here's another one. We talked about Angle Heavy. Tolar took on BJ Whitmer. That match, we have a, what a, a run-in, so to speak. Dominic Garini sitting over on uh, commentary, jumps the gate, and drives a spike into the Duke's heart. Too bad he's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> Should have taught him in wrestling school to go deeper. Just spiked I him. Told, I, tried to, I tried to tell Duke to get the sword out and get a little, little kizzeller. But he coast was, to coast? He was a little bit of a pussy. Won't do it. It's tax season. If it was yeah. off off season, he would have. I said, "Go." I said, "Duke, you need the sword. You need to." I said, "You got to get a little color tonight." He get said, an ear, brother. He said, "Fuck you." That's what he said to me. And this, I said, "Well, thanks for fucking up my taxes this year, Duke. I owe the fucking IRS." Yeah, Duke. I probably because that podcast episode we did with him. Well, what is what is wrong with us? You you got a lawyer that can't really defend you. You got an accountant that can't do accounting. Sorry. I don't know, man. My life is fucked. Welcome to small business. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but talk a little bit about that match. And as we said, it was angle heavy. I guess the ending more so. Um, now we're going to look at a Dominic Greeny, BJ Whitmer, submit or surrender. And that's kind of a big deal for somebody coming right out of the AIW school. That's, for well, the most part, that's a high profile uh, deal. And like, you know, like we've been saying in the past, it's kind of like, you know, just give these students enough rope to hang themselves with and see what happens. And, you know, this is just another opportunity for Dom to go out and either deliver or, you know, or choke. And so thus far he's delivered and it, it's paying off not only for him in AIW, but for him as a whole, you know, he's starting to get booked all over the country, uh, you know, full-time in alpha one. They, you know, they just went down the CWF mid Atlantic. Dom has got a bunch of bookings lined up WrestleMania weekend coming up. So, uh, you know, I think it's just kind of a. I think what we're doing with these students is working. You know, some more so than others, but uh, you know, Dom has been constantly delivering. So it's like, 
you know, let's let's put him in a big match situation. Let's put him in a big stip, you know, stipulation match, and uh, you know, see how he can kind of take this new test. And like to give BJ Wimmer credit, like you know, we put the students in with him and Eddie Kingston because they're two grizzled veterans that aren't gonna hold, take it easy on anybody. Yeah, like no kid gloves or anything. Like these guys are gonna get. Like you're gonna get beat up, but you're gonna learn. Like they're they're gonna get them ready, like road ready, I guess. You know what I mean? To where, in a school or or something like that, it's kind of it's kind of a more controlled environment or something. I, I I really don't know how to explain it, but and it's different. Like if we booked if we booked Dom versus Doctor Dan for thirty shows, they're not gonna learn as much wrestling each other as one match against a BJ Whitmer or Eddie Kingston. Well, and that's what I was gonna say too. You have Eddie and BJ are both very honest guys too. Where you know. They can they can tell these guys no they're gonna you tell them su- you, know, you suck or tell them what's what yeah <laughs> or you can keep going. I uh, saw BJ Whitmer talk to the Weird World after their match <laughs> <laughs> and the Duke. Oh well, the, yeah, the Duke was louder. Well, despite no, I meant BJ talking to the Duke. Oh yeah, get out of my way, old man. Despite there being angles, one match that really wasn't an angle, but a fun one for people live. And I think if you watch the DVD or the digital download from Smart Mark Video, one match that you're going to just have a blast watching is Raymond Rowe and Laredo Kid. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to, you know, there, there's really not a lot to say about that match except for Laredo Kid probably wishes he would have disappeared during it <laughs> because it was brutal. And, uh, you know that's that's easily the the match of the show, no no doubt. Yeah. Um, but I don't know though, because Laredo Kid was some of his strikes against Ray Rowe, I was cringing. Yeah, Laredo Kid gives it right back. Which oh, absolutely. People, people would probably not see coming, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's n- not a lot to say about that match except for just just watch it. You know, like uh, if some of this stuff on the sh- on this show isn't for you, I guarantee you, Raymond Rovers Laredo Kid is for everybody. Yeah, hands down. I mean, I, I you can't say enough. Like, we've talked a million times on here about our fandom of UFC being when it was the freak show, like in the early days. And there's no bigger like UFC one through ten matchup than Raymond Rowe and Laredo Kid because you got a big bruiser right. guy who, who, who smash mouth, suplex, all that stuff versus a luchador. What will happen? What style is going to be superior? Yeah, a lot of fun there. Uh, you might say it was a style battle. <laughs> Towards the uh, end of the card now, uh, and we'll Swan talk, style. there was the intense title match between Alex Daniels, of course, Gregory Iron out there, and Ethan Page. And uh, as we talk about how heartwarming this show was, it had a sour moment. Alex Daniels tried to make a child cry. He that's, did make the child cry. Well, that's probably because he cried his entire life up until about six months ago. I'm still not sure if he's not still crying. Well, he did make that child cry because the kid said he didn't Which like it. If I would have known about that, I probably would have went out there and stopped the fucking match because I, once I heard about that, that really pissed me off. But, un- well, not unfortunately. Fortunately, Ethan Page came out to save the day. The kid was wearing an Ethan Page t-shirt. Ethan Page makes Little Jackson a part of the whole thing, even asked him to be his tag team partner at one point. Which, if I was putting money on it, I put, how old was the kid? Uh, Maybe like nine? Oh, he could ten? easily beat Greg Iron's ass. <laughs> well, he, Ethan Page even announced him and said, weighing more than Greg Iron. So that was fun. Uh, kid, he was fine. Jackson's good by the end of it. He was happy. We have a nice little anti-bullying message. Again, continuing the heartwarming trend. That's right. Sending positive messages out there. S- sending out the positivity in the universe in 2017. 
That's what we're all about here at AIW. Positive PMA, brother. Uh, the title match was fun. I know we talked about angles, and this one was angle heavy. Uh, Josh Probition, Tracy Williams, uh, ends in a no contest thanks to Tim Donst. Uh, but what a match it was before Donst even comes out to interrupt that. I don't know if you guys had the opportunity to actually sit there and watch it. Oh, it, it was it, it was great, and you know that was kind of that was I understand that was a risky that was a risky kind of decision to book that great main event with a no finish. Yeah, uh, I understand that's going to piss people off, but right. that was the point is to piss people off, and if you're pissed about it, it worked. Uh, yeah, because I saw a couple of people complain, but then like uh, a couple of people were like, "I hated it, but I know where it's going to, and I like it." <laughs> Yeah. I think it's tough from a fan standpoint because you're watching it, you're so invested in it, and at that point you want to know who's coming out on top, and then for there to be... But are you mad that when you go see the Avengers that they set up for the next right, time? Right, right, yes, precisely. But it's still a fun match, and people even bought into and, and really soaked up that whole moment as the referees are sorting out, well, this is what happened, well, this is what happened. And meanwhile, you have... We're telling stories out there. Prohibition. We're making movies, brother. Hot sauce, passing the, the belt back and forth. And now that leads to a... People, people don't realize that all the shows lead into another. It's a continual well, not, story. Well, not all of them, but uh, we, we try to do enough to keep some loose stories going. Right. Just, just to keep people interested, you know, because... There are people that do want to see stuff like that, and there are people that just want to see these. Yeah, it's definitely a mix. It's not like every match, you know, continues to the next month. You know, there are sure. You know, just just sometimes we do for good matches. Sometimes we do for good stories. But it's trying to have a combination of all of it to make a successful operation. And that match in particular does set up a triple threat now at Gauntlet for the Gold, uh, which would be Hot Sauce Tracy Williams, Tim Dance. Josh Prohibition, but if Tim loses, he does not get a title shot for the entire year. Yeah, so where could it go? High stakes, a gauntlet for the gold, man. Which which is a lot of fun because, look, that means that if Tim wanted to enter in a gauntlet for the gold after losing that match, it doesn't he matter, can win, right? He can win the number one contendership and, and not, do nothing well, with it. And, Can't do anything with and it. And the whole point of Walk the Plank was now you're looking forward to gauntlet for the gold. All Four matches were set up the month before. And there's all sorts of high stakes on the line. Because you forgot to talk about Dominic Garini, BJ Whitmer. Uh, BJ Whitmer will have to leave AIW. Uh, That's if he right. Loses. Not only is it a submit or surrender, and match. Dominic Garini will have to be his like bitch boy, young boy. There was that stipulation too. That match is just loaded with uh, possibilities there, right there. Uh, well, as fun as all of that was, and I think we are all looking forward to Gauntlet for the Gold. But before we can even do that, as usual, there was the AIW after party. At Which May be- Halls. Before you talk about that, the big celebrity from last time, Kenny Wang, he was in the house that walked the plank, and he is none the more pleased uh, that he is now a uh, podcast celebrity. I did not think he was ever going to come back after exposing all of those stories. He comes back and goes, man, the podcast was great. I'm ready to jump now. He's got Kenny Wang Yang merch. So before we even get to more stories of the after party or make Kenny Wang even more of a celebrity. Since he does happen to keep coming to our shows, I believe our sponsor has something that Kenny Wang could use if he wants to come to the next show. Well, Kenny Wang shockingly came back to AIW shows. He's a full-timer every show now, he says. Well, guess what, Kenny Wang? If you come to our next show, Gauntlet for the Gold, Thrift Store Jobber, our friends, uh, they have a uh, great item for you. 
Going all the way back to 1996, a WWF Travel Club seat cushion. That's right. Those bleachers are hard, but it's going to be fine after you get one of these cushions. It's at thriftstorejobber.bigcartel.com. It's the Instagram uh, account, thriftstorejobber. The eBay account, thriftstorejobber. Check them out, especially Kenny Wang. Buy it up. All right, so now we're at the after party, and the usual chaos kind of, I guess, ensues. We didn't have, we didn't have our own upstairs apartment this time. I think they learned their lesson. Uh, I think that's closed off. We'll probably us. never have that again. Uh, we don't. No, get, I don't think. I think yeah, we're not trusted fault. anymore. But they did let us come back, which was really nice after a two month hiatus. Who? How many people do we have at this thing? No Kaplan craziness. With the exception of Swaggle try to convince him to... There was Kaplan craziness. There was some. He brought his own beer to the bar and well, we got that's screamed right. at. That's right. We got in trouble because he was going to shotgun a beer. Yeah, that is not allowed at a bar. I don't know how many bars Kaplan goes to. Kaplan, okay, Kaplan came in smoking a cigarette, which you're not allowed to smoke indoors in Ohio, and he brought his own beer into the bar, and he thought that was acceptable. And then shotgunned it right in the uh, open right, area of the bar. Right in the middle of the bar. And I got screamed at. Swaggle tried to get him to drink flower water, and that was the one thing that Kaplan said, no, 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 that smells like shit, I won't do that. We finally found something. That's where he draws the line. Draws the line. Yeah, draws the line there. And then Swaggle decides at 2 a.m. that he's going to be a bowler. He wanted to just throw strikes, he said. He did. He really wanted... Bowling alley was closed hours before. We didn't know. We were trying to bowl. Mahals uh, calls me in to be the security force. Because Hornswoggle is headbutting the glass door trying to get the bowling alley unlocked. Lauren Boo, shout out to her, did give us uh, bowling shoes for Swoggle. But Just then, to wear for real life? Yeah, yeah. She, she threw them at him. Well, I threw them at him. Uh, but then he decided since he couldn't bowl, he didn't want to put those on. And I couldn't See, put his real I, shoes back I, I on. Mi- I, I was struggling all, there. I missed all this because Cleveland wrestling legend Mike Stryker showed up. Oh, that's right. In his hibachi uniform. I don't think it's it's a bartender outfit, but <laughs> well, he had a uniform on, and uh, he just started buying me Jameson drinks, and then I got real emotional. You and did. I missed I missed all this. I got real emotional with my former tag team partner Matt Justice. We got real. Emotional I was going to say together. Matt Justice was also there. We got real emotional with each other, and we missed all we we missed all this uh, all this hornswoggle shenanigans. So I, because he's busy with that, I get called in as the senior member of management available at the time. Yeah, uh, I was it, I was crying in my halls, just getting all my, getting all my feelings out. <laughs> I was in and, trouble uh, with Swoggle. Yeah, well, Steve Guy, you're not an uh, authoritative person. You, well, I, I called in. I was having none of his fucking midget bullshit. For some reason, I can handle homicide, but I can't handle Swoggle. The last thing that I saw th- of Hornswoggle was he had to get his stuff out of my car, and uh, <laughs> I saw him walking down the street holding hands with AW fan Adam Laporta like they were father and son. Because he couldn't, because he couldn't walk. And that was the last I saw of Swoggle. Yeah, uh, yeah, I helped him walk to the car. That was, uh, that was, I. We turned the corner. Laporta couldn't handle anymore, so AIW student Josh and I each took a hand and walked side by side with Swoggle. The he's three like of a, us. He's like a grown child. It was. Uh, it was. I picked him up. Put him. I put him in the car. Helped him get in there. Put him in his car seat. Yeah, it was a great time. I had fun. I couldn't his booster seat. I, for some reason, I just couldn't get his shoes on while we were in the bar. It's because you had bowling shoes on them. Well, no, they were off. But then I couldn't get his real shoes back on. And then. Uh, all the girls that kept walking by just go, ew, your feet stink, and he just smiles at them. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know if it was his feet. 
something was going on there. I'm sorry, Swoggle, but you had some uh, major issues going on. Uh, I don't know if I would uh, be having him ride in my car after that. Uh, anything else happen at this after party that we need uh, to let people know much, about? That pretty much wrapped it up it at was, that point. It was rather tame. It's because I wasn't angry this year. I was like, you were emotional. just you were sad. This I one. was emotional. I was just getting all my feelings out about like my ex girlfriend and like Valentine's Day. Then I just would repeat the entire story over again from the top. <laughs> and then he kept going as big as he knows, and I had no clue what they were talking about because like I was on the other side of the room. But people would come over and ask me something. I'd be like, I don't know what they're talking people, about. People, people got to stop giving me so many so much of a variety of drinks at these after parties. I had a white Russian, a Tito's and water, a Jameson and ginger and a fucking PBR tall boy all in my oh, hand. I know who bought you the Jameson striker daddy. Oh, yeah. Swaggle was buying drinks thinking that people were drinking them quicker than they were. At one point, like we're sitting at the bar and there are six vodka and sodas or something sitting in front of us. I'm like, dude, who are these for? He's like, uh, well, Thor needed one, and Chandler needed. I'm like Biggins and drinking Spend, this. He's he's spending all that it, Muppets lost in New York money or whatever yeah, the fuck he was in. Just going left and right. I'm like no, he got real mad at these. me too because he made such a mess at the bar. I just started, you know, because I'm Chandler the handler. I just wanted to make a good impression, so I start cleaning up his mess. He was making a big mess. Well, shout out to the guy who looked like the lead singer of Yellow Card. He was there with bright blonde weird hair. Reference, yeah. That's that was a swaggle thing. He pointed him out, and we had to Google it. So that's why he kept saying, "Hey, fucking yellow card." Yeah, that's exactly why he kept saying that. Oh, all right. Well, Punk Pop's not dead. He was. I think he was friends with Kenny Wang. I'm not sure. Oh, Kenny Wang. He's Kenny his Wang. Homework. I ejected from the building because him and Swaggle were going to fight. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was wondering where Kenny Wang yet went. That was going to be the question. I don't know, man. Everything's a blur. I saw I saw Swaggle walk down like a father and son with Laporta walking down the street. <laughs> And then EFW legend Mike Stryker drove me to uh, my place of sleep for the night. And then he made me promise that I'll never expose any of his true secret stories on the AIW podcast. And then he pulled me aside and <laughs> had a big speech with me saying, whatever you do, don't let Thorne expose me. So your secrets are safe with me for now, Mr. Stryker. Well, that uh, pretty much wraps up. The show here, and that it wraps up the wrap-up, I guess, of Walk the Plank. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed this show. We hope you enjoyed Walk the Plank. If you haven't watched it yet, go back and do so. Uh, definitely a fun show from top to bottom. Whether you like angles or don't like angles, there's definitely something for everybody on there, and it will lead you into Gauntlet for the Gold. Uh, thanks again to our sponsors, the Ebb Tide Treatment Center, Thrift Store Jobbers, Smart Mark Video, Angelo's Pizza, and Jack Prince. For Chandler Biggins and John Thorne, my name's Steve Guy. We'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks. At least it was only that this time.